Welcome to episode three of the Sunday Conversation Podcast presented by Loyalty Liquors. I'm Aaron. Across the table from me, that's Ben. Ben, how's your week, buddy? Good, good. Just uh, staying, staying calm amidst this this chaos. Uh, like I said, I'll have a stand on it when it's over. So, sorry, I can't I can't help but laugh considering this is the third time we've had to record this. Once we had audio issues, the other, the second time we weren't happy with it. So. Third time coming at you, but um, this is an important episode, we think. Um, last week in our in our uh, coronavirus episode, we started talking about investing and why this time um, in history is is arguably the best opportunity that some of us will have to invest in our lives. And uh, we touched on it very briefly in episode two, but the f- amount of feedback we got last week. Um, about that portion of it made us um, decide to do an episode exclusively on investing for uh, beginners, people who've not invested before, people who have invested in their 401ks exclusively. Um, just some some tips and tricks that we've learned over the years um, just to help you make a little bit of money. Um, because like I said last episode, and I'll say it again this episode, it can't be overstated how important um, it will be to invest at this moment because you may never have another opportunity again. And just for just for um, uh, clarification as to how important it is, during the last financial crisis of 2008, um, the top 1% in the country captured 85% of the post-recession income growth. So you got to go out there and get yours. But before we go any further, um, Ben, why don't you um, tell the people kind of how you got into investing in the first place? Uh, for sure. So my investing story is a touch different. Sorry, let me adjust the mic there. Um, uh, it was with cryptocurrency, so it wasn't with a traditional stock market. And it was it was very it was very interesting because. I got in right before it was in 2017 and I got in before that like crazy, crazy run that it went on. So I ran with it all the way up to the top. Um, super exciting time for a, uh, for a young kid that, you know, didn't really ever have a significant amount of money like that. And then I, basically wrote it all the way back down and here, here we are fucking just living um and learning every day it it basically it i guess would say set us up for our for our little um our, our future of of trading you know because like hey it was uh i i mean i'm not out of it um, still fully invested and I, 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 I continue to invest. Um, but I've since, you know, gotten into some, some new, <clears throat> excuse me, new areas in best of, of investing. And, um, you know, the stock market is, is where that is. And we've been having some fun with it and learning. And that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I had, uh, uh, in fact, you're probably the person responsible for getting me to invest personally as well. I mean, I had 401ks up to that point, but you know, that's a very passive investment that I didn't pay a ton of attention to other than, you know, how much I contributed and what it went into. Um, but you had told me about cryptocurrency, which we talked about in episode one and, um, that got me to start paying attention and I didn't make nearly as much money as you, but I also turned a profit on crypto back, uh, back in those days. And I still have a little bit today just as a, as a diversification. Um, but I would say it was probably about two years ago that I started to actually pay attention and try to learn about the stock market. And then it was probably about a year ago, um, that I actually took the plunge and started investing. Um, and then here we are. So I've learned a lot in that time, Ben and I, uh, that was kind of where Sunday conversation started. We talked to each other about investments we liked and companies we liked and, and bounced ideas off each other. And so it's kind of come full circle doing this episode now. But um, 
before we get into specifics and picking stocks and things of that nature, there's a couple rules um, that you should set or should follow, I should say, uh, before you start investing. So number one, set goals for yourself. Um, you know, take a look at your finances and what you want your financial future to look like and set goals to make it happen. Whether it's to increase the amount you've invested by 10% in five years or, you know, to buy a vacation house in 20 years or to add money to your um, retirement accounts for when you retire. Set specific goals for yourself. Um, you know, they can be based on percentages. They can be based on dollar values, but just set goals for yourself. If you don't set goals, what you'll end up doing is you'll end up paying attention to the stock market throughout the day. And there will be times where the volatility of it will make you panic and want to sell or panic and buy when you probably shouldn't buy something because you see it on the rise. Um, so just to keep it short and simple, set rules or I'm sorry, set goals for yourself that you want to accomplish in the market. Yeah, for sure. Like the other day we were just having that, that talk and, uh, I think we were, we were talking about pen gaming, which we've talked about before on here, but it's easy to talk about because we both have, um, you know, a stake in it. So I was like, I was like, Aaron, like, do I, do I sell off a bunch of this one? Cause it, it last episode, it's so funny. We were talking, we said it was a great buy because it was down to 15 bucks. Well, it right. went down to $4 and 20 cents. So, um, Either way, we uh, cost average down, and uh, basically, I, I was like, you know, do we let it get to ten bucks and and uh, you know sell it, wait for it to go back down, buy it again? And I was like, Aaron, you know what? I was like, every time I've ever tried to to make a like a quick buck and, and try to do something, I've lost like fact either you know i i came out with less than i had before or i just actually lost money so i was like i'm just gonna i'm gonna ride this out and if it goes lower it you know i'll buy more and he's like benny that right there is the words of a disciplined investor and i would say it took some time to get to that to that uh state of mind if you will um yeah like i mean like anything else in in life the only way to to learn is to lose right the only way to learn is to make mistakes it, it's you can read stories about um other people's mistakes and it doesn't quite resonate with you until it's your own mistakes and you know both of us have made financial mistakes over the years and that allows you to develop fiscal patience, if you want to call it that, where you're willing to look at what your long-term goals are and say, okay, this, even if I make a quick hundred bucks today, that doesn't necessarily benefit me in the long term, and I could be wrong and then it won't work out. So, um, that was a very disciplined move there. And it's just, it just goes to show you that if you follow your goals and you stick to those and you're patient and you don't let the, the big fluctuations get in your head, you will be okay. Um, so that's kind of rule number one, set goals for yourself. Rule number two, manage your debt. If you have an absurd amount of debt, worry about paying that off first. Um, you don't want to go into investments with a lot of debt because <clears throat> the second part of that will be have an emergency fund, have at least two to three months of your fixed expenses stashed away. Um, and the reason for those two things is you don't want a situation to occur where you have to pull your money out of the market before it's reached maturity to pay off debt, to pay off, um, you know, if you have a surgery and you need to pay a medical bill, any major unplanned for expense, you know, have money stored away for if something like that happens and make sure your debt, if not totally cleared out, is at least minimized. Yeah, for sure. Just, you know, I, I, I would say like <clears> – <throat> Once you, you know, in your goal setting, even what we can backtrack to the goal setting, you know, you're going to want to write down or, or at least put into some like compartmentalize, you know, how much you want to invest to begin with. Meaning like what, what percentage of, of your, uh, 
you know, your paycheck you want to put into it or what percentage yep. of your, of your, you know, assets you want to put into it. Like, you know, you, you can figure that out in your goal setting and, and meaning. So when you get to that, to, to this, you know, point that you can easily make a decision like, okay, Hey, I'm, I'm set up for this. Like I got, I, I know what my credit card, you know, hopefully you don't have too big of a credit card balance, but Hey, it happens like, but you got your credit card payment down, you know, you know, you got, you're paying for your car, your housing. And it's like, if you have that, that money at the end of those things, then you can invest it. And it's also a good time to think about your, you know, your non-essential spending, you know, maybe you, you, you jot down your, your debt and, you know, on a, on a piece of paper and realize like, Oh, wow. Like, I'm spending, you know, 300 bucks, 350 bucks a month on, on non-essential things. It's like very quickly, maybe with that money, you could pay down some of your other debt and then it'll, it'll put you in a position to be more comfortable, um, investing. So I'll just, yeah, exactly. You have to kind of analyze your finances from an all out perspective. You know, what is actually important to you is going out on a Friday night more important to you than having money for the long term, right? So last week we talked about how because of this, you won't be able to go out for a little while. So if you put that money towards investing, you know, you could make that money work for you. But I think what you said was was great, Ben, about setting kind of a limit for yourself of what you can afford to invest. Even if it's something as simple as 50 bucks a week, there's plenty of options as, as to what you can do with 50 bucks a week, you know, but set, set it out, you know, take an amount of money that isn't going to directly affect whether you can eat or survive, you know, don't be stupid about it. Just, you know, take the extra money you don't necessarily need and you'll be okay with not having in front of you for years. You may not have the money in front of you for years. So be okay with that. Um, it's, it's a similar as a degenerate gambler, hopefully reformed, but who knows when sports comes back, you know, who the fuck knows, but <laughs> hopefully reformed degenerate gambler, you know, it's the same concept of going to the casino and bringing 200 bucks with you. You bring what you're okay with losing and investing is a similar situation. If you're smart, you won't lose, but only put in what you're okay with losing, which will not affect your bottom line and your ability to live, survive, you know? For sure. And I think that'll, that's a nice little segue into our next, our next, uh, bullet point, which would be to figure out whether you're an investor or a trader. And that this is pretty simple. Are you, are you investing for the long haul? Meaning so like in your goals, um, were you trying to buy a house or were you trying to save for retirement? Um, so maybe that right there would, you know, distinguish whether, you know, you're trying to build quickly or, or, or not. And then, you know, obviously trading would be more like gambling, I would say, like, you're just kind of right, like rolling the dice daily, um, watching for trends, you know, buying low, trying to sell high, um, buying, you know, different companies at different times. Um, you know, depending on where the economy is, um, here you just like, you just want to get an, an idea of like what your, you know, once again, what your end goal is. So it's like, right. are, are, is this just some throwaway money that you're going to try to trade up and, and who knows, maybe you, 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 you make yourself a very, very nice, you know, stock trading account just, just by having some fun. And then you still have all, all your other, um, I guess, um, expenses managed, meaning like this is just like a side hobby. So, yep. um, you know, that's definitely, uh, something you want to determine. And, yeah. um, um, the thing about day trading or, or trading in general, as opposed to investing is that portion of it is extremely risky. Now the stock market is risky enough as it is. That portion of it is extremely risky. I would only advise doing that if you are absolutely okay with not making money because odds are, unless you are spending every waking second of your day doing research um, on individual companies, 
that will probably be the only way you'll make money and it may just be short term. <clears throat> I don't recommend it. I don't do it personally. I've done it a little bit, but I've never made money on it. I am a loser degenerate gambler and I'm a loser degenerate day trader. But when it comes to actually investing, that's the safer long-term play, but it is important to make the differentiation. You know, are you someone who's trying to make a quick buck, you know, maybe turn a quick profit at the end of the week or somebody who's in 20 years, you know, looking to buy a second home uh, based off of your investment portfolio. So very important differentiation to make there. Um, what do you want to talk about next, Benny? Well, probably just getting uh, your app, you know, if you're going to be, Right, your, your the exchange. Yep. Um, I guess here's where you'd want to figure out whether you want to trade cryptocurrencies if you if you are, are you know trade or invest uh, cryptocurrencies or uh, the same thing with the stock market. Um, I in terms of cryptocurrency, it's it's pretty. I mean, you can go to Coin Market Cap dot com and just see a list of all the thousands of different cryptocurrencies and it's pretty just like straightforward in terms of um it's one big long list whereas uh the stock market is quite different and i think we're gonna go over a few a few terms in like the stock market real quick um you got like oh, oh I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna these aren't the full definitions, but we're just going to go over like index funds, mutual funds, uh, ETFs. So you want to start with an index fund? So an index fund is uh, basically a collection of basically a collection of stocks that mimic or track, <clears throat> excuse me, a certain index. So the three major indexes are the Dow Jones, the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. The Dow Jones is uh, 30 blue chip companies. Um, such as uh, Apple, Nike, Microsoft, American Express, Walmart, companies you're very familiar with um, that have been around for a long time and are good established businesses. So those 30, there's 30 companies that make up the Dow Jones. The NASDAQ is um, uh, 3,000 um, tech-related companies, so exclusively technology. And the S&P 500 is an index of the 500 largest U.S. companies. Um some of which there's crossover with the Dow Jones. Um, but so an index fund tracks a specific index. So if you're buying uh, SPY, for example, which is an S&P 500 index fund, it's one of the more well-known ones. Basically what that means is you're buying a portion of the 500 companies within the S&P 500. Now, index funds may be more heavy in certain industries and less heavy in other industries. So that's important to look at the percentage splits, um, which is very easy. If you Google your uh, index fund you're looking at, it will bring up the list of the companies and the percentages of the investments into those companies. But when you buy an index fund, you are buying a portion of all of those companies listed. If it's an S&P 500, you're buying a portion of the 500 companies listed on the S&P 500 index. So that's what an index fund is. An ETF, which is similar, and these are all sort of similar, they're just a slightly different from each other. An ETF is a collection of securities, securities being stocks, bonds, uh, commodities, um, meant to track specific segments. For instance, I have one called FIW, which is uh, a water ETF. So it is a make it's made up of, I think, like 35 to 40 different companies that are all related to water, whether that's, um, you know, water distribution, water sanitation, uh, water delivery, whatever it may be. Um, that's a water ETF. So the difference between an index fund and ETF, again, index fund tracks a specific index. ETF is a collection of securities such as commodities, bonds and or stocks. Um, and then why don't uh, why don't you talk about what a mutual fund is? Real quick? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. A mutual fund. Uh, I mean, we were, we were talking before, you know, they're all they're all similar in a way. But a mutual fund would be same thing, an investment vehicle, uh, you know, and that'd be a pool of money collected from, you know, multiple investors. And, mm -hmm. you you know, you would take that money invested in things such as securities, um, you know, like stocks, bonds, money market, you know, accounts, that type of stuff. And a lot of times a mutual fund is, is operated by 
a money manager, like, you know, Mm -hmm. a fund manager. And, you know, they would take that, those assets and, you know, attempt to, you know, build capital um, for the investors of the fund. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, the portfolio is, is structured and it's, it's maintained to match the investment objectives, you know, of those investors. So meaning like there's many mutual funds, you don't, you know, if you believe in, in something, you can kind of, you know, specify what sort of fund you want, you want to get into. Um, so I guess, you know, we don't need to drag too much. Yeah, I mean that's that's good. Just quick little quick little uh, couple couple phrases you may hear us use that will explain it. So from there, I mean, the next thing you got to do, and Ben talked about it about picking your app and setting up your account. Um, I use Robinhood. Ben uses Fidelity. They're very simple. You know, you have to link your like a lot of like Venmo and and shit like that. You have to link your bank account, um, make a deposit, and then once those both both apps will allow you access to the amount of funds you're putting in before um, the funds are actually transferred because like a wire transfer it takes a day or two um, for the money to come into your account but both uh, apps will allow you to have access to those funds prior to um, them hitting your online account so from there it's simple you know if you have an idea of what you want to buy you just search the symbol um, and then you go to the company's listing at the bottom of, of Robinhood. It will say trade, buy or sell. If you don't have any, you can't sell it. If you want to buy it, you hit buy. And then there's a couple different options it gives you. So a market order or a limit order, those are the two you should probably focus on. Our market order is basically you buying the stock at what the market price is right then. Um, so if something's 100 bucks and you want to buy one share, you buy one share for $100, boom. Now, a limit order is a little bit different. A limit order is basically you set the price that you want to pay for that stock. So if something's 100 bucks, but you don't think it's worth 100 bucks, you think it's worth, say, $95, you put in a limit order to execute the trade at $95, and then you can set an extension on it. You can extend it through the rest of the day, the rest of the trading day, or you can set an extension on it for um, up to 90 days. So... If at any point in 90 days that stock dips down to $95, your order will be executed and you will buy one share at $95. Um, That's a useful tool, uh, especially in a situation like we're in right now where the market continues to go down. You can buy things for less than what they're going for by not paying attention all the time to what's going on with the individual share price. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's all great information. Um, love the way you fucking talk about this shit, man. It's just it's really just fires me up. Um, but uh, so on the flip side, I guess we could almost like from right there, we could talk about cryptocurrency a little bit because unlike, um, you know, we're talking about limit buys and, 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 and market market buys, unlike, the stock market cryptocurrency there is no um lit like no shares no, right there's it's not a share it's you're buying a piece of i guess whatever coin you're getting so if you wanted to buy some bitcoin and you only had twenty dollars to invest you could just put twenty dollars in and it would give you just a percentage of a bitcoin which is 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 cool in a sense um because if you believe in technology in the future and just you know I, I guess where we're going um it's neat to think that you can just have a piece of something that doesn't have to be you know am like you know something like amazon where you're spending like 1800 dollars for a share like if you don't have 1800 dollars to to spend on one share of amazon but you're intrigued in investing like crypto is a, a is a cool way to go and you know that's it's something i can talk about because that was really you know where i got my my start and um you know similar similar to the 
you know, Robinhood app or um, the Fidelity app or E-Trade or what have you, there's, an, you know, multiple cryptocurrency exchanges. I think the, the most well-known one would be Coinbase. And mm-hmm. same thing, you'd, you'd log on, you would set up your, link your bank account. Once that's done, it's, you know, very simple. It's just, you know, four little icons at the, at the bottom of your, your screen or whatever and you you click you click buy and however much you want and there's a small little fee and boom um both are extremely simple i think i think investing is made out to be extremely way more fucking difficult than it than it really is like I didn't realize how simple it was. Like, there's no that, other way to, there's no other, until you do it, you're like, oh my goodness. Like, this is what those guys on Wall Street are doing every day. Like, just. It's, um, it's, inten- it's intentionally intimidating. You know, the, the average person doesn't want to take the time to learn, um, to learn about these things. And I don't blame it for that. You know, the more I've the more I've learned about this stuff, the more I know I don't know. Um, it's intimidating. There's so much shit, so much jargon, so many terms and and symbols and, and acronyms that you have to learn. Um, but at the end of the day, none of it is overly complicated. And to to go back to cryptocurrency just quickly, it should be said that cryptocurrency is a much safer investment now than it was when Ben and I first got into it. I mean, when we first got into it, it was you know, hundreds and, and, and sometimes thousand dollar swings in a day, you know, it was all over the place. You never knew where it was going to land. And then obviously it had a big, a big peak, um, and then has come back down. And since it's come back down, the volatility is, is not completely gone, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely been toned down. I would say it's not quite as volatile as it, as it had been. Um, but, it is a good alternative if you listen. If you don't necessarily think um, that cryptocurrency is the wave of the future, I get it. You know, I was very skeptical too, and and still am at times. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the more you learn about the economy, the more you learn that the U.S. government controls it and and manipulates it in a way that benefits. Um, it benefits the big banks. It benefits Wall Street. It benefits the government. And, you know, that's fact. That's not me having a tinfoil hat on. That's fact. You know, the U.S. economy in 2008 was on the verge of collapse. The world economy in 2008 was on the verge of collapse. If there was true righteousness in the government, they would have let it collapse because it was the bank's fault that it got to that point in the first place and the government's fault for not regulating it more. But they didn't because in reality, you can't have people running around the streets looting and killing each other, which would be what would happen if the economy were to collapse. So if you look at it from that perspective and you think, well, what alternatives are there? Cryptocurrency is a good place to start. We're not going to get too far into it because, you know, it's not for everybody. I understand that. And like I said, it's still volatile. Um, but everything is. So let's get back to talking more about um, like how to pick an individual stock. Like what would be a tip that you would give somebody who was looking to pick an individual stock? Okay. Well, from an investment standpoint, I guess things I look at would be, you know, the industry. Um, you know, for example, I have Walmart, you know, I don't, I'm not a big shopper of Walmart, but uh, <clears throat> I really, I mean, it's been around forever. Uh, they paid, they paid dividends for, you know, over 25 years straight. Hey, um, why don't, um, why don't you explain what a dividend is? Just let's, let's assume people don't even know what a dividend is. Okay. So essentially when you own a company or a part of a company, if if the company's doing well and they're cash positive, they'll pay a small amount of money for each share that is owned by or you know yes yeah, each no, share right. of the company to whoever may own those shares. So right. If um actually it's a perfect 
time to talk about that. So as of the 19th, if you if you bought a share of Walmart up until March 19th, any share up until then was eligible for a 54 cent dividend per share. And that will come, I, I believe they said April 8th or between April 4th and April 8th. And so just after so, the end of the first quarter of the year. Right. So if you owned 100 shares of Walmart on the 8th, you'll be getting uh, 540 bucks. Nope, $54. Right? Let's go ahead and uh, say that if you had 1,000 shares of Walmart. <laughs> but still, as of the 19th. The, the point is, is that, you know, dividend paying stocks are a good way for you to make money passively that you will also be able to reinvest. Right. So if you own 100 shares of Walmart and you get a fifty four dollar check from Walmart, well, now you can take that fifty four dollars and reinvest it. You can cash it out, whatever. Um, but the point being is that your money is making money right away on top of the money you're accruing in value just by holding the stocks. Um but so dividends is a, is a good point. What else do you look at when you're buying an individual stock? I guess like something that you're, you're, you believe in, you know? Yep. So yep. if, if it's, uh, you know, something that you just have no belief in, uh, whether it be, what would be a, a like just a generic, you know, sect, I guess like the airline industry, you know, if you, if you, sure. If you didn't believe in the airline industry and, you know, you dumped a whole bunch of money into American Airlines and like the last week they fell nearly 70 percent. It's like now you're going to be kicking yourself because well, I didn't even like the airlines anyway. So it's like you, you want to be invested in something you believe in. And, uh, you know, that way, at least it's like if if what if what you believe in is is failing it's it's like well change your beliefs a little bit and uh if if not then you you just you know you ride it out and um the top like some of the top dividend paying stocks uh this this last year like walmart costco coca-cola chances are it, it's a company you've heard of like i mean probably going back to like you know We'll, we'll put like a blue the blue chip tag on it. Um, you're looking for something, you know. You don't want to. You're you're not trying to to invest. You know, if you're in it for a for a long term, you don't want to be in like a volatile industry. Um, yeah, I I mean, so when it comes to dividends, look for increase year over year. You know, you want to see that the company's growing and they're paying their investors out more as well. Um, now. Dividends are kind of a hot button topic right now because uh, major companies are having to suspend dividends uh, due to just what's happening with the market at the moment. Like Ford just announced the other day they won't be paying dividends. Um, and that's in an effort to maintain liquidity. So another good thing to look at is liquidity. Is the company you're buying, do they have enough cash on hand to weather storms like this? For instance, uh, we talked about Tesla last episode and Tesla had dropped from 960 some odd dollars a share to 500 something dollars a share last week. Well, Tesla went down below $400 a share this week. And I believe it closed last uh, yesterday, somewhere around $430 a share. But Tesla had a good recovery day yesterday. And the reason being is they announced that they have $8.6 billion in cash. So even though Tesla announced that they will be suspending production on cars, which is their main revenue driver, they announced that they had $8.6 billion in cash, which gave investors a little bit of security, like, okay, Tesla will weather this storm. Um, because when you get into situations like this, that's the problem is, does the company have enough cash on hand to manage their expenses when their revenue is down? Um, and to be honest, who knows how long this is going to be down for? Uh, could be months, you know, it could take years for the, the economy to fully recover. Um, but that just gives you more... Uh, more opportunity now. So I have written down, think about vision and the future. So from that perspective, 
if you look at stocks that are taking a beating right now, things like the airlines, things like uh, Boeing, you know, which makes airplanes, uh, Royal Caribbean cruise companies, you know, these are specific industries that are taking a beating right now. Uh, nobody's tra- yep, Disney. <clears throat> Nobody wants to travel. Nobody wants to spend money on travel right now. Everybody's stuck in their home. So these industries are taking a beating. So that presents an opportunity for you. Do you believe that American Airlines will recover? Do you believe that Boeing, an airline manufacturer, will continue to recover, or an airplane manufacturer will continue to recover? Will people start going on cruises again, Royal Caribbean? So look at it from that perspective. What do you see for the future for these companies? Um, Do they have a good business model? Do they have a good debt to equity ratio. You know, this is all information that's available. If you Google companies, all this stuff has to be made public. So it's not hard to find. Um, But these are things to take into account when it comes to buying individual stocks. And just to to get back to the liquidity discussion real quick, um, a couple stocks that you should take a look at that are blue chip stocks that you've heard of that are are rated as some of the most liquid stocks or or liquid companies out there, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Tesla, Visa. I mean, these are all blue chip stocks that people know that you can take, uh, take faith in that they're going to survive and weather these storms. Um, And look at the CEO, look at who runs the company, look at the the chairman of the board. Um, You know, Amazon, you've got Jeff Bezos, Uh, Apple, obviously with Tim Cook, like there are, um, these are intelligent guys that have, run these companies for a long time and know the direction of these companies and you can take faith in them. They're safer investments. They're more expensive investments, but they're safer investments. Now, if you're talking about really inexpensive stocks, um, here, I got a perfect story. Uh, one of the first times I ever really, really wanted to get investing was, uh, when GoPro had their IPO, which is initial price offering. It's when a stock, uh, a company gets taken from private to, uh, publicly traded. And GoPro opened their IPO at, I believe it was $21. And within six months, it was up to $90 a share. And I was kicking myself because I wanted to buy, um, I wanted to buy a significant amount and I didn't pull the trigger and it went up to $91, like I said, and it came all the way back down. I believe GoPro trades for $2 and change right now a share. So it kind of shows you that even if you believe in something and even if you have this vision um, and you believe in a company's vision, it may not necessarily pan out. And now GoPro's problems were they had a couple missteps. They released products that weren't quite ready yet. So you have to look at stuff like that. You have to kind of analyze it from all angles when you're deciding on individual stocks to invest in. Um, yeah, I mean, even you can go back farther, you know, with like the, the tech bubble um, in, yep. in the 90s. Um, this this whole thing, this massive thing was, was created. And then there was no like end to it. And it, and it just sort of, or, or or no, no like goals built into where it was to go. Um, and it, and it sort of, you know, the dot com bust was, you know, yeah, it was, it was was the wild, wild west, you know, it was the wild, wild west. There was, there was no, it was all uncharted territory for, for, um, those companies and and the trends that I've noticed is that like there's these major economic collapses when there's really no precedent set right you know the the Great Depression the banks ran out of money because the stock market crashed um, you know you look at the Great Recession you know the housing market collapsed that had never collapsed before the tech bust you know the tech bubble burst you know there had been technology hadn't expanded to that point in in history and then it blew up because there was too much of it. So we're kind of living in a similar situation where there is no precedent for global pandemic and what it's done to the world economy. Um, But again, it can't be overstated. It it provides a great opportunity for people to start making money. Um, Don't allow the 85%, I'm sorry, the 1% to capture 85% of income growth after uh, this whole thing's over. Um, I mean, it is a extremely small percentage of of people who, who maintain all the wealth in in the world like we're talking one percent of people own the majority of the wealth and here we are fighting over toilet paper you know it's a as good a time as ever to to venture out and and 
get rid of some some old mentality that that you had and uh and really and try to try to grow something for for yourself so one one other thing i wanted to touch on before we start to kind of wrap this thing up here um is 401ks right so your 401k if that's the bare minimum you do when it comes to investing great because if you're smart you can make enough money for your retirement off of your 401k so the advice that was given to me and seems to be the best advice is if you're under the age of 40 uh, invest as aggressively as possible and what that means is not just how much money you can afford to invest for instance i invest about 10 percent of my weekly paycheck recently up to 12 percent while the economy is down because my 12 percent will go further um now and then when it starts to recover i'll go back to 10 percent. but that's what i can afford to invest when i also talk about investing aggressively what i mean is put your money into high yielding index funds um, most 401ks the company will list um the index funds they participate in and kind of what segments that they're in, what industries they're in. So take a look through those, um, find ones that are high returning, whether it's eight, 9% a year, put in as much money as you can afford to, and then sit back. You know, I check my 401k once a week on Friday after my contribution has been made. Um, and that's it. I set it and forget it. Um, if you're smart and, the economy doesn't tank the way that it is now, you will return eight, nine, 10% a year, um, which is great. Uh, that's better than any bank is ever going to give you for putting your money in a savings account and just letting it sit there. So that is the smartest, easiest way to grow your money for retirement without having to manage it every day and pay attention to it um, continuously. Now, as you get older, we don't have a huge listener base over 40, but there are a couple of you you need to pull back on the aggressiveness of your portfolio and start to mix it up, diversify in the sense that maybe have some of your money in index funds, some of your money in money market accounts, um, some of your money in bonds. Um, so what those will do is they will give you a slight return on your money, but they're extremely safe. They're not as, um, as dependent on the market and they're not as volatile as the market is. So, your money will be safe in the long term there. And as you get even closer to retirement age, change it even more. Play with it. But if you're under 40, you should be investing extremely aggressively. Um, Benny, you want to uh, you want to kick off our first segment? Yes, I'd love to. Um, first segment, we'll come up with an official name. But uh, first segment is going to be, what would you buy this week? Would you like to start, Aaron, or would you like me to start? Um, no, why don't you start? I just talked for long enough. Alrighty. Uh, so this week I bought, let's see. So I'm, I'm in pen gaming. Uh, uh, most of my, most of my purchases happened in the 26 to $38 range. So <laughs> when she dropped down to $4, uh, and 50 cents, I grabbed, uh, let's see, 60, I got 62 shares of pen gaming and I got, um, 19 shares of Walmart at 117 bucks, um, went up to 128 mm-hmm. Thursday and it's back down to about 118 bucks right now or something. So, um, Walmart is one of my long-term investments. Penn gaming is, I guess what I would say more of a, a short term under, under five year, under five year investment. So that's, those are the two things I bought this week. So I also bought more pen gaming when it dropped down to $4. I think um, as a degenerate gambler, which I've mentioned multiple times, sports gambling will be legal in this country, or excuse me, is legal in this country, but will be legalized on a state-by-state basis. Um, Within a couple of years, all 50 states sports gambling will be legal. It's an untapped uh, revenue stream for state governments, and they will eventually legalize it. Uh, So I bought pen gaming as well at $4. Uh, I bought 50 more shares. Um, But I also bought Ford this week. Uh, Ford, the automaker, has been around for forever. They are going through a really rough time right now with coronavirus. They just asked for a government bailout and said that they will be suspending uh, dividend payments. Um, But the reason I bought Ford even through their turmoil is it's an automaker that's been around for 100 years. Um, You know, their business model is good. 
they have a bit of a liquidity issue right now, but they have enough assets where I think they'll be able to weather the storm. They're just an industry that's hit hard because people aren't buying cars right now. You know, nobody is going out right now and saying, honey, let's go look at new uh, new trucks. So the automakers are going to get hit hard, just like the airline manufacturers and the cruise lines and all that stuff. But I bought Ford because it was severely discounted. I bought it at, uh, I believe, $4.20. Um, that will be a long-term play. It will take a lot of time for that one to come back. Uh, Penn is a short short to medium-term play, possibly long-term if it continues to grow uh, when it starts to starts to come back. Uh, but those are the two things that I bought this week. I, I was going to say maybe we could add on to – on top of what you bought, um, we'll, we'll add uh, what you added to your watch list. And for hmm. me, I added – Let's see. I got, I added Boeing, which was trading at like a hundred and hold on. I'm just trying to log in here for a second. I got Boeing, Southwest, um, airlines, American airlines, and one more, I will tell you in just a second, but the airlines are, are way down right now, like big time down. Like you can buy, um yeah boeing is 95 bucks down from let's see the yearly high was 395 dollars so you're getting at it basically a third of of its yearly high uh american airlines is trading at uh 10 bucks down from its yearly high of 34.81 southwest was at 36 down from like 60 um, and then my sister had a great had a great call um, with everyone working from home right now. Um, she was thinking like Keurig Dr Pepper, so like you know your coffee your at home coffee machines, basically anything that you can order to the house would be something to uh, keep in mind for the next like month or so. Um, people aren't out traveling, not stopping to to get things. So, uh, that might be something to, to keep in mind. Um, they haven't really moved too much. I think they're trading at 23, 23 bucks and they're down from their yearly high of $30. So, uh, not much movement from them. Yeah. Um, I mean, so stuff I added to my watch list this week, uh, Ford, but obviously I purchased Ford, uh, United States steel, um, mainly because I think it's cool that their stock symbol is just the letter X. Uh, you know, it's a company that's been around for, uh, 119 years. Not a lot of people are saying to buy that. It doesn't do a lot of movement. That's just one I, I added for shits and giggles. Um, but, um, I also, it's worth talking about, have holdings in SPXL, which, I've told you about, but it's an ETF that tracks the S&P 500 um, 3X. So basically, if the S&P 500 is up 5%, then SPXL is up 15%. Conversely, if the S&P 500 is down 5%, SPXL is down 15%. So good investment to grab now because it's extremely cheap. It's only $18, um, and it will rise and outpace the S&P 500 as it rises as uh, we get out of this, but it still is going to probably get worse before it gets better. It would not shock me if Monday is a bloodbath. As the news continues to change and get worse as the condition of the coronavirus, um, the stock market seems to react accordingly. So if this weekend some more bad news comes out, as it already has, that states are shutting down and, and telling all non-essential people to stay home, the stock market's going to continue to go down. It's just the way it goes. How far is it going to go down? We don't really know. Um, Aaron, thank you for – well, yeah, thank you for saying that because uh, for the beginning uh, – for the beginner investor, when the stock market goes down and you buy stock, it's called cost averaging. And what this means yeah. is if you owned um, – we'll just put it um, – if you owned 10 shares of a stock – at 10 bucks. Okay. You have a hundred dollars worth of stock. So now you're in it, you're in it for, for 10 bucks a pop. So obviously just before I go into any numbers, it's like, 
if it's a stock that you're holding as an investment, like if you're investing, you obviously have some sort of optimism. Like, so you got to sure. think that over, you know, over the long term, whatever you're investing in is, is going to be important. So you got 10 shares at 10 bucks and now it goes down to $5 a share. So if you were in it for a hundred bucks before, if you took a, another hundred dollars and invested that same amount at five bucks, you get yourself now 20 shares. So now you have 30 shares of the stock at, at an average price of $7.50, if I'm correct. I've been wrong on my math before, but <laughs> I think I put this into simplistic enough terms for my small piece-sized brain to, to grasp. So now when that stock goes back up to 10 bucks, you now have $300 worth of stock for $200. Right. So you've brought your, you've brought your, you're now making $2 and 50 cents um, per share per share where before you were losing money. Yeah. So in the other, just, you know, quickly, and we're going to wrap this thing up here. Um, you should do the opposite of what the public is doing. So very similar to gambling. If you're a sports gambler, you know this. There's a reason why there's people that are called the public and the sharps. The sharps do the opposite of the public. The public, when it comes to sports gambling, likes to bet overs and they like to bet the favorites. Sharps are the people that bet the unders and they bet the underdogs. They're not sexy. Those aren't the sexy picks, but those are the picks that make money. So in the gambling or in the investing world, it's the same thing. In a moment of economic downturn where people are freaking out and panic selling and dumping their money, this is when you should buy. And then as the stock market recovers and gets to a point where it's healthy again, that's where you sit and hold what you have uh, or invest in index funds and, and mutual funds and ETFs at that point. Um, but as far as buying individual stocks, you want to obviously buy low and sell high. Everybody knows that. But do the opposite of what the public is doing. I think that's that's enough information for one episode. You know, similar to what we talked about last week. If you guys have questions of anything, if we didn't do a good good enough job explaining something, reach out to us, DM us. You know, on um, our social at Sunday Conversation on Instagram. Um, Reach out to us. More than happy to talk to you. Plenty of you reached out last week and we gave you some tips and advice, things we like. More than happy to do that again. But um, I think that's as, uh, as good a place to leave it. Um, and next week, who knows? Maybe hey, we'll we forgot about the, uh, the wine giveaway. And since we make the rules, um, this week's wine giveaway uh, will go to Brian Martin. Um, he messaged, messaged the... Uh, our Instagram and uh, gave some great feedback about last week um, in terms of he hadn't ever invested, thought about it, and um, it brought some 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 light to him. And uh, Brian, DM DM the uh, the Sunday Conversation Instagram, and uh, we'll we'll get you a bottle of wine picked out. Um, but until uh, until next week, you know, we'll see where we're at. We'll see where the world's at and uh, and take it from there. But uh, Benny, good talk, buddy. Love you. Love you, bro.